Hey friends, Ashley here. Before we get into this episode, I just wanted to give you a little heads up about what we're chatting through and when we recorded this. This episode was recorded at the end of 2021. We were still in the La Quinta area. Um, and throughout this episode, we chat consistency and clarity and art, dead ends and our personal work, the fears associated with putting new art out into the world, and getting distance from our creations so that we can see them with a little bit more objectivity. Um, also of note, in this episode, we mentioned two different kinds of preciousness. One kind of preciousness is the helpful kind, the kind of preciousness that's rooted in a healthy sense of worth and treating yourself with care and compassion because you know there's only one you in the world. Right, This kind of preciousness is rooted in self-containment, ability to be with our emotions, hold space for them without abandoning ourselves or trying to bypass the feelings. The other kind of preciousness is the unhelpful kind, the kind of preciousness where you treat yourself or your creations like they're fragile and forever on the verge of shattering. This kind of preciousness is rooted in scarcity and fear, and is a totally different vibe. I wanted to just make that distinction. So going in, um, you could follow along a little bit more uh, carefully. Thanks for being here. And I hope you have as much fun listening to this podcast as Trey and I had recording it. We'll talk to you soon. So we thought we might talk about in the spirit of just the name of the podcast, Art Life Lately, just what's going on with us in mm-hmm. our art and in our lives, what's been feeding us and those sort of things. Mm-hmm. Where should we start? I mean, when you, so you said we, but this was your idea to talk about, and I love that as an idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you said that, the first thing that came to me, because for me, it's not really, lately I haven't really felt, well, I felt fed by something, so that's not. That's not true to say I haven't felt fed, but it's been more about composting and consciously releasing um, and making room rather than... Yeah. Yeah. I was saying feeding, but yeah, that it's all the things under the, under the sun. So that's just as fair game as otherwise. Yeah. Um, So you feel like you've been, say that again, you've been composting and... Yeah. I don't know. Um, why don't we start with you? What are you working on? What's okay. what's feeding you lately? Um, yeah, I've, I've read a couple really good books lately that I think have given me some inspiration and motivation for the own, my own book that I'm working on. Um, what did you read? So two books specifically. One is... Um, in the Distance by Hernan Diaz, and the other one is Appleseed by Matt Bell. Um, Appleseed, I li- I've been listening to on audiobook, and I have like an hour left. But um, and then In the Distance, I've been reading on my ebook reader. Um, I usually don't juggle books in that way, but I I think listening to one and reading the other is that's about all I can juggle I kind of like to focus on one at one at a time but yeah I mean just seeing other people 
do things really well, see a see a novel come together and be not tied up perfectly or like really neatly, but just be you get to the end of it and feel really connected has been super inspirational for for me as I'm thinking about doing that with my own novel and how so, I'm going to do that. What do you mean by getting to the end and feeling connected? Like what does that specifically mean? What is Well, I meant I I meant feeling as if everything has been connected as if like where the author was leading me this entire time has been like a worthwhile experience or I don't feel like they've led me into any sort of dead end or like well definitely some unexpected territories but all feels like it's connected back to the beginning of the story and in the middle of the story everything is just threaded together in a way that feels like the trust that I've put in them over the experience of reading the book which is a lot of trust because it's just a a time-consuming experience Mm -hmm. especially compared to you know watching a movie watching a tv show Mm -hmm. any of those things um reading a book is just much more of a commitment so it feels really good when that trust pays off Mm -hmm. and yeah it's just exciting to to see other people do what I'm doing really well yeah we were talking yesterday about how business is like it's important especially as a creative entrepreneur to create consistency and clarity for your audience Mm -hmm. because again that builds trust and allows for that reciprocity yeah I know that that's something that you've been working on with your book is like how do all these threads come together yeah consistency is a really good word to use I think yeah I think a lot of books kind of get get swept away by an idea or by some notion that isn't necessarily core to the to the book itself mm-hmm. um and it's easy I mean I've done that plenty of times with short stories too just sort of get getting off track and not knowing that you're off track until you're at some new end that wasn't necessarily like the end that the beginning beckoned for I guess so have you gotten to that point have you like reached kind of dead ends where you like end up needing to backpedal or in my own novel yeah oh yeah so many times oh really Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah I mean always you're kind of doing that when you're writing because you don't know all I mean you can keep yourself track you can keep yourself on track as much as possible um, by having, you know, a solid idea of of the of where the story's going, but you don't know until you go down some roads like where they're going to lead. And I think they're all. It's always worth going down those roads to a certain extent because mm-hmm. they're not always dead ends. But it is also, I think, important to recognize when they are and just kind of like cut that that appendage off if you need to. Yeah. Um, yeah I mean that sounds exactly like the work I'm doing with mm-hmm. my business is kind of like totally. reflecting on these past three years that I've been in business mm. and like looking at the culmination of all these like twists and turns that I've taken that maybe actually weren't fully aligned yeah you know with no, the for spirit sure. of my mission yeah um, which feels like a very vulnerable and tender and I'm like feel very protective of it too um, place to be for me specifically just because I think like there's this kind of like, um, or at least for me, there's this like disappointment. There's this, there's emotions associated with naming 
in working with like a dead end or saying yeah. like that actually doesn't serve me and so right how can yeah. we rework it yeah i mean it's i'm sure it's related to like the sunk cost fallacy too mm. of just feeling like yeah you know i've spent all of this time putting energy into this what is the sunk cost fallacy for people who don't know yeah i mean it's it's just the the idea that once you've spent time working on something you're less likely to quit doing it because you feel like you've invested time in it so therefore you need to continue and it's to a invest time why I mean, it's a fallacy because it is often better just to quit early or to change directions. Not quit in a defeatist way, like, okay, I'm never going to do anything like that again, but just to quit doing the exact thing that you're doing that's clearly not working Mm -hmm. and start doing something else. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, which I think is, um, is hard to do, but important to do. It gets easier to do the more you do it. Yeah. But yeah, it's hard to quit something you've been working on or, or like in my context in writing to, you know, have 20, 30 pages of something that the content is good and you like the writing, but you also know that it's not um, a part of the story that you're writing. I'm murder your darlings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It is exactly that. Yeah. So Yeah. Yeah, I think that it's exactly what you've been doing with your business, though, is just pruning, I guess, yeah. really. I mean, so I, I think of two things. Like, when I hear, like, murder dark darlings, I think of this, like, impulse that we have to be, like, overly protective or precious about our work, acting as if it's, like, a fragile thing that, like, mm-hmm. we can't change courses on or we can't. Um, but the flip side to that is... That, like, as we treat ourselves like we're something precious, we do become more strong. So kind of finding that balance um, of compassion right. and agency. Yeah. Agency, like, of, okay, well, this isn't so fragile. I'm not so fragile that I can't call this a mistake or call this, you know, a, a direction that I'm ready to compost and let go of. Right. Yeah, I wonder, if, kind. I wonder if that actually... If when we're being precious with our art, it's really just because we're being precious with ourselves. Like we're trying to protect ourselves from a hurt that's not even real, but that we're like projecting on ourselves. Yeah, because it's a different kind of... So whenever I say treat yourself like you're precious and you will become strong, that's a Julia Cameron quote. And I think that she's actually talking about precious in the sense that like, you're a creature who has autonomy, who has resiliency. Right. It's good to be compassionate and tender, um, but not yeah. to a f- not not to the fault that like well because it's not actually compassionate. Right. To to obsess and to treat our darlings like they're precious. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Precious as in there's only one you. Not precious as in like you're fragile, breakable, and like any little thing can like shatter you yeah 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 that makes me think of like the the rejection wound and how like parents who are overly protective of their children Mm -hmm. actually pass on the rejection wound because when parents are overly protective they are sending the signal to the child that i don't actually believe in you (laughs) Mm -hmm. i don't believe in your ability to like have your feelings and then get to the other side right there's this lack of like emotional regulation Mm-hmm. 
that makes us become these kind of like helicopter moms over our creative processes. Right. Which is because we don't believe in our own ability, uh, our own abilities to regulate. So therefore, we like project that onto our children. I guess in this yeah. scenario. Yeah. Yeah. And regulate just here meaning like, oh, okay, like this is a dead end. Like that kind of sucks, and I have feelings about it. But mm-hmm. the sunk cost fallacies taught me that it's better to walk away right. and do something that does bring me joy, does have a positive you know energetic gain yeah as opposed to this like leeching right um so let's speak more in specifics because i feel like we're we're very like heady like let's get it down into like things that are okay say more about that um so let's see like well for me like i like i've realized that this past year i've like only uploaded like a very small portion of my paintings to the shop Mm -hmm. um and I, I've, like, told myself that's because of, like, standards and it's because of, like, I'm just very picky and I have, you know, high standards of what I'm willing to sell or what I want to sell and share with the world. Right. Um, but I think that's actually, like, coming from a place of fear. Yeah. Um, fear of people not resonating, fear of it not being worth the price tag, like, all, all of this fear um, that once I actually sit with. And especially when I look at other people's art, other people's art that is more organic or loose, it just feels so freeing and it feels good. But yet with my own, mm-hmm. I like want it to be nice and tidy. Yeah. And you do you think that comes from like being raised in a, well, your perfectionist tendencies? Yeah. 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 It's like a little Miss Perfect thing. Of like, right. Well, it's a lot of things. It's also defeatist. It's defeatist to say there's no reason to upload these. They're never going to find homes. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I do that um, or have historically done that and work to do that less with just submitting work in general. Yeah. I mean, there are things that I haven't submitted that I could submit probably and find homes for, but I've yeah. like selected only these chosen few things that I like really really want to find homes for yeah um which is like an ego thing or or at least for me it is because it's like a question of how generous is this because there's a lot of art that I that I create um that other people resonate with but I would never have chosen it to go on my site Mm, yeah and so it's like this it's like saying that my art belongs only to me right and that I have no I have no duty or responsibility to be generous with it, which I I want to be. That's why I'm in business. Right. Yeah, I think, too, it's because we live in, like, a social media society and, like, a very forward-facing society. Like, it is ego from that perspective, too, of, like, well, I only want to put out there what's, like, what I think is, like, my absolute best because that's going to be like my image to other people right yes exactly um, again which my is totally e- yeah totally <laughs> yes. ego focused yeah yeah simone simone soul um she's this business coach uh from south korea and she talks about um she has this, like poop metaphor where she's like your your best ideas and your creations are like poop like you got to get it all out and give it to the world and then you can create more and it's like whenever you start you know, being really picky and choosy about what you put out, you start to like clog the system. 
Right. And so, and, and I've totally, absolutely experienced that in this past year where I've had bursts of like, I want to do this and then it just gets clogged. Mm-hmm. And once it's clogged, it's just, I mean, so the, the, the like concrete tangible takeaway of what I've been doing lately is just like feeling those fucking feelings of fear and insecurity. Mm-hmm. Um, and feeling them in a container that allows me to like, <laughs> I, I do this exercise called an embodiment exercise where I just like set a timer for two minutes, put on a song that really like vibes with that emotion that I'm feeling, whether it's judgment or fear, um, and just like shake and dance it out. And that's been helpful. I don't know. It's yeah. one of the things. Yeah. I had, I was going to say something and then I forgot what it was. Well, because otherwise what about. happens is that like those emotions just stay trapped in my body. Right. And they come out. Yeah. And they just like, I, yeah, it's just yeah. become stagnant. Yeah. You were telling me the other day about like finishing the cycle of trauma or I don't know if trauma is the word that you use, but um, any sort of emotional cycle. I think that that embodiment exercise is meant to help finish the cycle of it, right? So it's not trapped in your body. Yeah, because once it becomes, you know, once you haven't completed it, it stays trapped in your body as tension. Right. And that tension, you know, over time builds. and. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the poop metaphor was what I was thinking back to and just thinking about how linked that is to, like, a scarcity mindset of, like, well... I only have a certain amount of like good things that I can create. Yes. So I've got to like nurture those yes. few good things or yes. I'm going to like run out of them. Yes, exactly. Which is such bullshit. Yeah, yeah. In reality, there's just an endless amount. Yeah. Like you can just never get to the bottom of it. Sahara Rose, um, this like spiritual teacher, talks about how if miracles. And like just amazing synchronicities aren't happening in our lives all the time. <laughs> She's mm-hmm. like, that is the normal order of the world. Like, if, mm-hmm. the, if you are not experiencing miracles on a, on a weekly, daily basis, like, there are some major things out of alignment. Right. Um, and I think that again, just going back to that scarcity mindset, it's like we live in a world that tells us, no, 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 miracles are few and far between. You mm-hmm. have few and far between good ideas. Right. You better, you know, yeah. like, protect milk the them, ones. guard them, yeah. milk them. And I just yeah. don't like that energy. It just feels yeah. <laughs> so... Like, I'm shaking my body right now because I just, like, ugh, I want to get it off me. <laughs> it feels... Like, in my body right now, I feel like my chest feels constricted thinking about these things. Like, I physically right. feel smothered by that energy. It's just so yeah. so different than the energy of abundance or expansion, which is, yeah, something that we're constantly... Or you and I, at least... Um, are working to create more and more space for in our lives. Right. So how do you create space for abundance? How do you, um, is it just easy? I mean, like, yeah. What is your process of surrendering or murdering the darlings or getting rid of the chapters that were not helpful? I don't know. It doesn't seem to have as much emotional, energetic charge for you as it does for me. Yeah, that's a good question. I think it's it's easier like as time goes on like as you're working on something I think or what I've found working on this novel is you get a little bit less precious with it all the time and you get more distance from it because you're coming back to different pieces of it that you've written you know months or even years ago and 
you can just see it a little bit more objectively, I think, and just trying to trying to stay as objective as much as possible, I think, is helpful. And just continuing to write forward at the same time, I think, kind of helps to shrug off that um, that feeling. I mean, that is like pure, the purest sense of abundance in writing is just writing forward. I think, just like drafting and making new things. So I think a lot of my focus is always on that. And yeah, it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel super emotional to me, but it does feel like I have blind spots that like at one point I would have said, oh, this is like the way to go. And this is like um, the way forward. And now I would maybe disagree with that. So Mm. I think it's starting to see, and that maybe that's even like an increased like open-mindedness that yes. allows you to see more of those blind spots. And I mean, I think it's just more of the more you do it, the more it flows as well. Like when I, because there have been times when I've taken a break from this novel because of um, the MFA or because of work or because we were moving. I didn't write for probably about a month during that period. Or I was writing, like, other smaller stuff. I wasn't working on the novel. And there's definitely a feeling of, like, the more I'm in it, the more I'm working on it, the more it opens up to me. Um, and the more it kind of blooms. So, yeah, I think there's just something to be said for, like, doing it regularly that mm-hmm. is a signal of abundance. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm giving an abundance of my time and, and and creative energy to this because I love it and want to create it, and, the, and that's a signal I think like in co-creation. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Because you're, the quality of your time is that you're also feeling that same like openness. It's like a practicing of openness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because I know, like, in the past for me, I've given a lot of time to stuff, like, an abundance of time to stuff, but the energy was not all abundant. And so yeah. it was really just detrimental. What's an example of that, do you think? Um, so, like, for the first two years of my business, I've been working really hard on releasing it this past year, but for the first two years of my business, I would give an abundance of time to trying to, like, make a great sales like I just like did all of these tasks that were just exhausting and draining and I fucking hated them (laughs) like it just didn't really showed yeah um in my energy and then in the work's energy Mm -hmm. um so I don't think that like an abundance of time translates to abundance it's not that yeah no I didn't mean to to insinuate that it was just like time equals abundance yeah it's time well spent I guess or time plus like proper energy maybe mm. yeah that's an i mean what do you mean by proper energy or, or can you clarify that or just that? like being in alignment when you come to mm. whatever yeah. you're creating so what does that yeah. mean for you um it means making sure that i'm feel like in my body i feel like strong and stretched and well fed and just sort of like calmed and at peace uh, rather than just like white knuckling it and Mm -hmm. trying to just like grind out pages of of something i mean that's 
another Julia Cameron thing is like the creative vampirism and like leeching from yourself over time. Yeah. If you're, yeah. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And just taking breaks and playing in other ways. Um, like doing collage is a, is a helpful break for me. Um, going on walks, hanging out with you, Aww. watching TV, going on walks with you, going out to the world with you. Yeah, I think all of those things kind of help realign you and get you ready to, to create again. I mean, I'm a manifester as far as human-centered design goes, so I kind of work in spurts um, anyway, so... I have a, I feel like I'm in downtime mode quite a bit. Mm. Um, and then I'm kind of like just bursting into whatever I'm working on creatively and getting everything out that I can get out and then stepping away from it again. Gotcha. Yeah. What about for you? What's what does question? it mean to um, show up abundantly? Yeah, I don't know. I think there's like a lot of elements to it, but I think the the baseline for abundance for me is just the feeling that, that there's enough, like enoughness. There's enough love to go around. There's enough money to go around. There's enough time to go around. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel it in my body when I'm not in it. Like I feel tension and I feel constriction. Um, yeah. So showing up in abundance is just showing up then from that feeling of enoughness. So whatever I sit down to do right now, when I'm done, like it's gonna feel it's gonna feel good. It's gonna feel like I I gave what I wanted to give. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think to my own work and how often I feel like I finish feeling like I've given all that I wanted to give. I do think sometimes if there's anything that I'd like to improve with just my process, like in the moment is I do feel like sometimes I finish or come out of a cycle a little bit too soon or sort of like I'm looking for a way out, like, oh, I've just written this page that I'm super into, so let's dip for a minute. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um so yeah, I like that thought of finishing knowing that you've sort of given of yourself what you wanted to give. Yeah. That resonates with me. Well, and everything touches everything. So like, you know, you could also look at like your relationships or other areas where it's like you go up to the line of intimacy and then, you know, turn away. Hmm. Or, um, or for me, like where... Where am I showing up in other areas in ways that don't feel enough? You know, like I think for a long time, like relationships, I felt like I was always needing to like make sure we're okay or make sure like um, I'm doing enough. And so I was overextending in relationships. So it makes sense that I would also be overextending or creatively leeching vampirically myself Mm -hmm. um, in the business or in my art practice. Hey y'all, that is it for today's episode. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time. Bye.